0: You're listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Well, let's do it then. All right. Uh, there are some notes that you may want to take because I put a lot of stuff in here. So if you go to gracecc.net. <clears throat> go to the very bottom of the web page you'll see sermon notes you can click on that and there's an outline in there for those of you like to take notes or you can just do it on a piece of paper but here we go we're going to look at well gosh Waymaker what an incredible song you know what I really like about that song it came from this woman Asanachi Kalu wrote and performed that song she's from Nigeria you know what really excites me that here in Portland, Oregon, in Grace Community Church, we sing a song that comes from Nigeria, written by an African woman, and we sing it, this is this is all nations coming together. This is God blessing all nations together. So her stage name is Sinash. You can go and check it out. She does some amazing stuff, and we get to sing songs like that. This is something else I saw. This ad, Appeared in the 4th of July Oregonian newspaper. It appeared again uh, this week. And you look at this thing and you think, oh, Founding Fathers, that's cool. But you look a little bit closer and celebrate our godless Constitution. What? Well, you look at the bottom of the ad and you see who did this. It's the freedom from Religion Foundation. This is an organization of agnostics and atheists whose sole mission is to get religion out of government at any level. And they're doing it in such a way that they're saying things about religion that amounts to, real, really, a curse. They're saying about, well, Christopher Hitchens is one of the classic atheists. He's dead now, so he knows better. But his book, God is Not Great. And you see the way graphics come out, God is little. And down below there is how religion poisons everything. And what they're saying about Christianity in particular is homophobic, bigoted, intolerant, overly political, judgmental, And those are curses. I mean, they're saying bad things about us. And the question is, what do you do when you see things like this? Because it's around quite a bit. What's our response? Well, there's a lesson in Scripture that tells us how to approach this. It's in the book of Numbers. It's from uh, the end of our living in the desert. I want to study this through this is from this is the Balaam Chronicles but let's put it in context the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab now that's just east of the Dead Sea and camped along the Jordan across from Jericho and Balak the son of Zippor saw that all Israel had done to the Amorites and Moab was terrified because there's so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. I've got to think, Israelites? A, a dreadful people? Somebody to be terrified of? Well, I think about this, the God of the Israelites, you look at the God of the Moabites, Chemish. I mean, boy, it's, it literally eats people for lunch. What does God of Israelites do? His posture to the nations is can you fill in the blank? Sure. To bless the nations. Moses had been told Deuteronomy 2 The Lord said to me, Do not harass the Moabites or provoke them to war, for I'll not give you any part of their land. So they're not going to pick up on the Moabites. God had told Moses not to harass or provoke the Moabites. Of course, the Moabites didn't know that. And realistically, Israel had defeated Sihon, the king of the Amorites, this is back in chapter 21, who had earlier defeated, guess who? (laughs) The Moabites. Now to be sure, when Moses came to Sihon, he said, let us pass through peacefully, not cause you any trouble whatsoever. And it's Sihon who attacked the Israelites, and the Israelites under God's leading, defeated them in war. Yeah, there's reason for it. But also they defeated Og, king of Bashan. This is back in chapter 21. Og is one of these giant guys. We actually have a bed that he slept on that's like nine feet wide. It's craziness. So yeah, there's some reason, some reason. So what do they do? Filled with dread. So what would be a possible course of action? Well, how about sending ambassadors to inquire and negotiate from peace. And what they would have found out, yep, we're not gonna cause you any trouble, it's, it's all good. But what did they do? Balak, son of Zippor, king of Obad, sent messengers to summon Balaam, the son of Beor, who was at Pethor, I'm sure you know what that is. It's up near Raqqa, Syria, the present day, up on the Euphrates in his native land. And that's a long ways away, long ways from Moab. He goes up there. But like I said a people have come of egypt they cover the face of the land they've settled next to me now come and put a curse on these people because they're too powerful for me perhaps then i'll be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land for i know that whoever you bless is blessed whoever you curse is cursed what is his his possible action negotiate and settle peacefully his actual action <laughs> send for a powerful shaman to curse them. Now, a shaman is somebody who can see into the spiritual realm, find powerful beings, and bring that curse or blessing down on the people. Of course, here it's a curse. Now, do you ever wonder what a guy like Balaam may have looked like? You know, it's amazing. Not only found Og's bed, but an eminent archaeologist just recently found a picture, an ancient picture, of Balaam. That archaeologist, I'm sure you've heard of him, his name is Dr. Sean Rowley, and this is a picture of Balaam. Yeah, Dr. Sean Rowley discovered this in the Middle East. What did he say? Whoever you bless, blessed. Whoever you curse, cursed. Now that reminds us what God said to Abraham way back in Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you, Israel, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people are to be blessed through you. Now, what we've got is a war of the gods. What we've got is a war of the prophets. Who's going to win? Well, the elders of Moab and Mediam left, taking with them the fee for divination. Shamans don't work for free. When they came to Balaam, they said to him what had said. Spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will report back to you what the answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite officials stayed with him. Okay, now let's see what happens here. Oh, look at that. This shaman is in contact with Yahweh? That's the God of Israel. But he's way up there in Mesopotamia. Like, that's Huh, okay, so he's not going to Chemish or Baal or one of the other gods, he's going to Yahweh, that's surprising. I wonder how it's going to work out. God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? Now, remember, God knows everything. When he asks a question, there's usually a reason for it. And the reason is, his questions are often invitations to confess talk about it. Give me the story. Let's work things out. What does Balaam do? What does Balaam do? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. Hmm, what are you going to say? A people that has come out of Egypt, covers face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me, Balak says. Perhaps then I'll be able to fight them and drive them away. Now, one thing I've learned when somebody says something, listen to what they say carefully, but also listen to their silences. Remember what messenger said. What does God respond? What does he say to God? If he didn't mention, he didn't mention, if I curse these people, I'll get a big shaman divination fee. Didn't mention that to God. Huh, wonder why he didn't mention that. Just maybe want to appear a little, uh, anyway. So God said to Balaam, don't go with them. You must not put a curse on these people because they are blessed. Three things God says, bullet points. It's really, really simple. What does God say? Don't go, number one. Number two, don't curse. Number three, they're blessed. Bullet points. Anybody can get it figured out. One, two, three. Okay, I wonder how Balaam's going to do with this good information. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak's officials, Go to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Now, you notice what he didn't say? God said, don't go. Yep, he said that. But what did he not mention? He didn't mention, don't curse. He didn't mention, they're blessed. See, the silences say a lot. This man is not a truth teller. This man is not a man of integrity. Well, that's not really totally surprising. He's a shaman after all. He left open the idea, well, I'd, I'd like to go. Why would he like to go? Maybe he could give me a better fee and we could work something out. This sounds like a negotiation going on, a manipulation that Balaam is doing with the officials from Balak. So the little time they went to Balak, they came back, to Balaam, and they said, this is what Balak Sama Zippor says, don't let anything keep you from coming to me, because I will reward you handsomely. Fee going up. I'll do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. Well, it's not like the manipulation negotiations worked out pretty well. Balaam answered them, even if Balak gave me all the silver and all the gold in his palace, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of my the lord my god now there's yahweh again my god what did he not say what did he not say spend the night here and i'll see what else the lord may tell me now listen to what he's saying and what he's not saying he doesn't mention well what he's saying is yeah, i'd like to help you guys out i really would uh you know, maybe God will change His mind if I work things right. That night, God came to Balaam and said, "Because these men have come to summon you, go with them. Only, but do only what I tell you." Now, what's God doing here? What's God doing here? Seems to me, God is saying, "I already told you what to do. And what was it? Don't go." Don't curse. They're blessed. I already gave him my will, like, what's the question? You're looking for a way out. You've already decided what you're going to do. <coughs> so go ahead, but know that sometimes I give people their way, but I give them leanness of heart. is isn't going to work out well for them. See, if Balaam were listening, he would know that, but see, he's not listening, he's manipulating. He's trying to work the system. So Bellum got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with mobile officials. Now, I just need to warn you. Weird guy, donkey. What pops in your head just immediately? Weird guy, donkey. Okay? Don't think about that. Don't think about that in that story. It's not relevant. Okay, remember that. It's not relevant. That night, donkey. Moabite officials, we're out of here. Notice what he didn't mention. He mentioned don't curse. He didn't mention you're blessed. I mean, he's still manipulating the system. But he's with his donkey headed out with them. How's it work out? Well, (laughs) no surprise. God is very angry because this guy is ignoring him, manipulating the system, and the angel Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam's riding on his donkey. The two servants were with him. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, and it turned on the road into a field, and Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Now, you notice something here? (laughs) It's really, it's funny. It's a great story. (laughs) The shaman is blinder than his donkey. This is the guy that's supposed to see into the heavenlies and see all kinds of stuff. And he doesn't notice the angel of the Lord, not to be sure, it's a spiritual being. And well, but the donkey sees it. It's, it's funny, it really is. Angel the Lord stood in the narrow path in the vineyards, the walls on both sides. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord, terrified. It pressed close against the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey a second time. This is not going well, poor donkey. Then the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there's no room to run to turn either to the right or the left. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. It lay down under Balaam and Balaam was angry and beat it with his staff. Third time, this poor donkey's gotten beaten. Now again, (laughs) can you imagine this? I mean, everybody knows about Balaam's donkey. The Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me three times? (laughs) Well, I mean, we know, but Balaam doesn't. Balaam answered the donkey, You made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. I mean, he's angry because he's been, I mean, he's a powerful guy, and he's been shamed, dishonored, disrespected, made a fool of. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey? Which you've always ridden. To this day, have I ever done this to you? Like your donkey said, hello, wake up, think. Balaam says, well, no. Conundrum. Now, he's got Balaam thinking. Like, what is going on here? Why is my donkey acting so weird? <laughs> well, the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. He saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. And there are various renditions of it, but I think the reality is far more terrifying than any of the pictures you can find online. And the question is, what will Balaam's response be? The blind shaman now sees the angel of the Lord. And the question is, I don't know what he's going to do. When he sees the angel of the Lord with his sword drawn, he bowed low and fell face down. Isn't it interesting when the shaman really sees the angel of the Lord? Remember, he's been talking to the Lord. He's been talking to Yahweh, the angel of the Lord. This, he responds with worship. This is good. This is good. The angel of the Lord asks him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I've come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me, turned away these three times. If I had not turned away, I'd certainly have killed you by now. But I would have spared the donkey. I mean, when the angel of the Lord is threatening to kill you, I mean, that's got to put a little bit of fear in your heart, maybe a lot of fear in your heart. What will the shaman respond? What will Balaam do against this realization that the angel of the Lord could kill him in nothing flat? Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned. No equivocation, just straight up. I've sinned. I didn't realize you were standing the road to oppose me. Now, if you're displeased, I will go back. What's the shaman doing when he sees the angel of the Lord, this one who is an angel but also Yahweh, the same way we see in Exodus chapter 3 in the burning bush and other places in Scripture? The shaman confesses his sin... And repents. Wow, we're seeing a, a turning because he's seen the Lord, seen the angel of the Lord. Interesting, interesting. Angel Lord said to Balaam, "Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you." So Balaam went with the, Balak's officials. Now I look at this and I'm thinking, God is saying, "I'll be merciful to him. He deserves to die." for his manipulation, for his arrogance, for his disobedience. I will be merciful to him. That's who God is. But I don't trust this guy. For good reason. Even though he's repenting, let's eh, see how it goes. So, Balak, didn't I send you an urgent statement? Why didn't you come to me? Am I really not able to reward you? You need a bigger fee. I mean, Balak is a little ticked, it sounds like. says well i've come to you now i'm here okay but i can't say what i please i must say what god puts in my mouth now what's he not saying has everything changed doesn't mention don't curse doesn't mention they're blessed still not totally on board he's still "Eh." so what's happening here what's happening here Balaam tries to manipulate the Lord good thing or bad thing <laughs> not so good he tries to manipulate the Lord and not only to try to manipulate the Lord he's manipulating Balak why why well he's doing it for his own honor and his own benefit this is the shaman acting like a shaman. This is it. Yeah. Worship team, you want to come up here. We're going to sing a good song here in just a minute. If I go back to Numbers chapter 14, Jade gave give us this sermon. Remember this, when the people refused to go up into the land and God was so angry and Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear about it and by your power brought the people from among them and they will... Tell the inhabitants of the land about it. They've already heard that you, Lord, are with his people and that you, Lord, have seen them face to face, that your cloud stays with them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by night. He's appealing to God's reputation. Now, may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you declared. And then he quotes the most quoted verse in the Bible back to the Lord. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion, yet does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children of the parents from the third and fourth generation. In accordance with your great love, forgive the sin of this people, just as you pardoned them from the time they left Egypt. What's he doing here? What's Moses doing here? Moses is interceding with the Lord for Israel respectfully, appealing to God's honor, and his promise. See the difference in the two? Balaam, the shaman, versus Moses, the prophet. How is God working in this? God is working through pagan shamans. God is working through <laughs> donkeys. And i got to say, God moves in the most incredibly Unexpected ways. I guess what I could say is God moves in mysterious ways. I think we got a song about that. Love those songs. Love those songs. Thank you, Lord, for being that kind of a God, a God who will work with donkeys and pagan shamans and with us. It is well with our soul because. All your ways are love, even in the most difficult times. Give us ears to hear that as we finish our story here this morning. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, continuing the story of Balaam, he's met Yahweh, he's met the angel of the Lord, he's beginning to respond, and I want to continue the story because his transformation shows us the power of God and the protection of God, because remember, the people down the land have no idea this is going on. They know nothing down on the plain, what's happening on the bluff of Moab. Balaam said, now this is Numbers 23, beginning the prophecy. Build me seven altars here, prepare seven bulls, seven rams. And Balak did as he said, and the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Now, what is he doing here? What's he doing here? What's he doing here is he is buying the Lord's favor with big, fancy offerings. And what is that? When you're trying to buy the Lord's attention, trying to buy the Lord's favor, well, that's the way of the shaman. That's the way of the other spiritual beings. So he's worshipped the angel of the Lord. He's heard Yahweh, but he's still a shaman. And what happens? The Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this word. So he went back to him, found him sending beside the offering with all the Moabite officials. Balam spoke his message. Balak brought me from Aram, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. (laughs) Denounce Israel. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those the Lord has not denounced, he says. From the rocky peaks, I see them. From the heights, I view them. This is Balaam speaking. I see a people who live apart and do not consider them one of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and may my final end be like theirs. Now, what's he done here? (laughs) He speaks the Lord's word. He speaks the Lord's word. That's not what he's paid to do. (laughs) It was not what Balak paid him to do. I don't think this is gonna work out real well why did he do it because he he understands I've got to say what Yahweh says like said to Balaam what have you done to me I brought you here to curse my enemies and you've done nothing but bless them like I I hired you what are you up to Balaam answered must not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth again what's he not saying and Balaam's side pleased the Lord to bless Israel. He did not resort to divination. Now, this is the third, third word. I'm skipping some just for sake of time. So, the first time he put out, you know, seven altars and bulls on it, sort of this, but this time he did not resort to divination. As other times, but he turned his face toward the wilderness. When Balaam looked out, he saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he spoke this message, the prophet of Balaam, son of Beor, the prophecy, one who sees clearly, the prophecy, one who hears the words of God, sees a vision from Almighty, who falls prostrate, whose eyes are open. Thinking back to the episode with the donkey and all that. Different way, not the way of divination here. He's trusting God's character. Here he's trusting in God's compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. Here is the way of the prophet. Something major has happened in this third episode. He says this. How beautiful are your tents, Jacob. Your dwelling places Israel? like valleys they spread out, like gardens beside a river, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from your buckets. The seeds have abundant water. Their king will be greater than Agag. Their kingdom will be exalted. That's part of the blessing. There's more to it than that. And you can imagine, Balak is not happy. This is the third time. He struck his hands together and said, I sum you to curse many, but you bless them three times. Like, what is the deal? Now, leave at once. Go home. I would reward you handsomely, but your fee, forget it. The Lord, whom you serve, has kept you from getting your reward. Okay. He's like, terminated. Done. I'll never hire you again. I'll put up a bad Yelp review on you. Balaam's response did I not tell you the message you sent me even if Balak gave me all the silver and all the gold in his palace I could not do anything of my own accord good or bad to go against the hand of the Lord again that's Yahweh I must say only what the Lord says now I'm going back to my home I'm going up to North Syria Mesopotamia but come We're we're done, the business deal's over. I'm going to speak for myself, and let me warn you of what this people will do to your people in the days to come. Now, this is Balak's, he's terminated, contract over, no reward. Balaam is speaking on his own, the fourth oracle. And look what he says. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Balaam, the prophecy of the one whose eyes sees clearly. The prophecy of one who hears the words of God, the prophecy who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty. Now look at the words he's using here. The words of El, God. Elohim is another form of that same word. From the Most High, that's Elyon, who sees a vision from the Almighty. That's Shaddai. And if you know a little bit of Hebrew background to the names of God, he's using three of the biggest names of God. He has now a much deeper relationship with Yahweh. And what's his response? Who falls prostrate, worshiping? Whose eyes are opened. Why? Because God has confronted him. Here's a man who's been touched by the hand of God and he has responded as a prophet. He has responded with forgiveness. He has responded with transformation. That's what happens when people see God. The man who was hired because he could curse powerfully has been transformed. And now in a wicked context, he speaks a different message. Numbers 24, the fourth oracle. He's trusting in the Lord's character now. It's the way of the prophet, but now it's totally on his own in response to yahweh and here's what he says i see him but not now i behold him but not near a star will come out of jacob a scepter the king's staff will ride out rise out of israel he will crush crush that sounds familiar for of Moab, the skulls of the prophet of S- the people of Seth. Edom will be conquered; Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. But Israel will grow strong, Balaam says. A ruler will come of Jacob, and destroy the survivors of the city. Now, I start looking at this, and I start doing a little hyperlinking, a little geeking out as I begin to see, all the references are tied up in this incredible, incredible word when Balaam the prophet speaks. I think back to Genesis 3.15. These are all in the notes, these references, where God says to the serpent, he, the offspring, will crush your head, and we see the crushing here and will you will strike his heel, this prophecy of the coming Messiah, the very first prophecy in Genesis 3.15. Genesis 49, Jacob's blessing on his son Judah. This is just part of it. The scepter will not depart from Judah, and you see scepter there. No, the ruler's staff from beneath his feet, and you see the staff. Until he to whom it belongs, shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. You see how Balaam is echoing the words of God that came through Jacob to his son Judah, speaking of the coming Messiah. Remember back to Exodus chapter 4, when God is sending Moses to rescue the people of Israel from the oppression of Pharaoh. And he says to him, you shall say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord of says, Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. And the echoes are here in Balaam's prophecy. Psalm chapter 2, just some of the places this is done. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I will become your father. This is enthronement of a Messiah. Ask me and I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You see all this echoing. Now, what Balaam has said as David or whoever wrote this psalm does this messianic expectation built on the hyperlinking in Hosea, the prophecy that begins the whole of what we call the minor prophets. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Now, it's referring to the nation of Israel, but it's referring to the one who comes out of Israel that Balaam is talking about. I come into the New Testament, Matthew chapter 2. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. And you see the Balaam, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter out of Israel. These Magi from the east, they knew the words of Balaam. They knew the prophecies. They came to worship. And a little bit later, Joseph took the child because Herod was going to kill him. Joseph took the child and his mother and left for Egypt, and it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. This link, we could take this much, much further. Balaam is standing solidly in the line of people who are looking forward to the Messiah that will come, through whom will come blessing to all nations. And this shaman who's become a prophet is worshiping and prophesying the powerful promise of god and god is the promise keeper god is the way maker as we sang this is who we're talking about this is who we're talking about i see him not now i behold him but not near a star will come out of jacob a scepter will rise out of israel he will crush the foreheads of moab because God's Messiah will crush the wicked who will not repent. People like Balaam who repent get the blessing, but the skulls of the people of Shreth will be crushed. Each will, Egypt will be conquered. Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. Israel will go strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city because Messiah will stop the wickedness, stop the wickedness but he'll bring incredible blessing to those who will respond to him as Balaam responded to him. And I come back to finish out the Jesus followers. Worship team, you want to come up here because we're going to sing in a minute. God keeps his promises, but not always as we expect. But I trust the ones whose name is love. He's the promise keeper. He's the way maker but not the way you expect. That's why we're, pr- we're patient, trusting, as Balaam learned how to do. He speaks blessing into wicked spaces. One of the wicked spaces that we've looked at is the wicked space of South Sudan and the horrors of the civil war there. This is Moses and Druga and his children. These are kids in those camps there, the South Sudanese refugees that we've actually collected money for. Uh, Moses sent me these pictures just a few days ago they're in the camps visiting families and you look at these people oh my gosh the house church per service nice building right look at the, how thin those people are because they have no food families peeling groundnuts peanuts i suppose just to make a little bit of money there in the camps. And they have nothing, nothing. This small baby lost his mother to starvation. They come to visit kids like this, Moses and the others, some desperate family in need of food. And you see how incredibly thin this woman is, carrying a can of a bag of corn maize. Well, we're supplying corn maize. To the people that are in the camps in South Sudan, a wicked, wicked place sharing food. Grace Community Church has given over nine almost ten thousand dollars, an enormous amount of money, to bring foodstuffs into the camps there in South Sudan. Juma Patrick and Alice's wife, whom I met when I was in Uganda a year and a half ago, head of Mending the soul, Africa. You can see just a fun guy. His wife is amazing, beautiful, brilliant woman. This is Juma delivering some food in East Uganda, not up in the camps. This is earlier to people there, akin to what we're doing up there. Almost $10,000. And Juma, and there's actually a video online, a thank you from Moses and Bishop Arumba, Larumba, thanking us for the money and talking about Juma Patrick who's taking the video. Thank you Grace Community Church for being so generous to help out people who are starving there in the camps for helping the United Arab Emirates people. We speak blessing into wicked spaces. This is blessing done in the actions of people who bring food to starving people who will distribute through churches, but we're cursing evil graciously. When we're cursed, what do we do in response? Well, we call wickedness what it is. We never pretend that evil is good. But what we do is we take people who are speaking evil to us and we take that, receive the truth. They're saying you are complicit in racism. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The church has been complicit in slavery. The com- church has been complicit in racism. We confess our sins, just like Balaam. And we say, yes, that's true. We also see a thread of the church that has helped end slavery and racism. It's a mixed story, like Balaam. We want to grow and be better so we can speak blessing and bring in to racism and things like that because we come in the name of Jesus to speak blessing. And what we do is we learn how to see Jesus and follow him wholeheartedly. Following the example of the transformed man Balaam. I look at this and I think of the Power of Grace Community Church. We began this series with that song Blessing that swept the world. We want to close with that same song. Let's sing. I just can't be incredibly moved by that song. I heard it when it first came up from Elevation Worship, Carrie Job, and that mayor and what a song. Little did I know it'd go around the world. It's, I don't know how many different versions there are now. You can go to Elevation Global and they'd play it from people from all over the world. For scenery, the blessing version is my, uh, from Hawaii is my favorite. It's incredible. Indonesian, the Bay Area from San Francisco. So my friends show up in that one but maybe the one that was my deepest, well, I don't know. What was my favorite one? You like the UK one, the Pittsburgh The UK, one? UK, you know, Pittsburgh, I mean, yeah. UK, South uh, Africa. Africa. Yeah. If you know the history of South Africa, apartheid, I actually got a, an email this week from Songa Chabombo. He and his wife Lucy were students at the seminary and I got to know them pretty well. He sent me a email this week. And he was calling the Church of America to be like South Africa, to give up apartheid, to fight against racism, a deeply moving prophetic word from him to our country. And I received that. When I look at that video and I see the different ethnicities, different races, different languages, all singing God's blessing, it is deeply moving. But I got a new favorite. As much as I love that one, the Arab world, blessing. It's all done in Arabic. There's not a word of English anywhere. Even amen comes out, "Amin." And my friend Kamal, who's a student of mine in Beirut, shows up in that. And seeing him in Tunisia, who came out of Islam, to become a worshiper of Isa HaMashiach. So I contacted him and said, thank you for blessing me. It's what it's about. We bless the people of South Sudan. They're in the camps. Juma sent me this email. He's the guy who took the video. He says this, we're among other things, we're in the process of procuring food and the distribution will follow and that logistic is difficult. Here's what he said. Thanks Dr. Gary and your church, Grace Community Church, for the funds raised. These guys were too hungry and you've given them food just simple corn maize. I was told that hungry stomachs do not have ears to listen to the gospel. Thanks a lot, Dr. Gary and Grace Community Church. We're doing the same thing for United Arab Emirates and the people there of Stan and Carol Rubish. Blessing. That's what the Church of God is about, to bring blessing to people and transformation to wicked people to becoming people like Balaam, people who receive There are prayer rooms available live, 10 o'clock to 1045. Click in. There'll be people to pray with you. Maybe you're a Balaam who needs to move from shaman to prophet. Somebody who kind of knows God, but isn't really a worshiper of God yet. You can send prayer requests anytime. Go to graceseastia.net, go down to the bottom, submit prayer requests. People pray with and for you. But above all, I want you to receive the blessing of God So you can be a blessing father you are a god of all blessing and i think of places in my own life where i need to see wickedness in me as balaam saw it in him i need to see places where i'm racially insensitive i need to see people places where i power people without meaning to i need to see places in my own life where i need to grow to be more like christ Angel of the Lord, will you reveal yourself to me and even use a donkey to speak your conviction into my life? And I say this for my whole church and for our community. So that we can grow and become people who see you for who you are, eyes opened, our hearts prostrate, and our hands raised in blessing to you and blessing to the world. May we be recipients and channels your blessing in our community and in our world, I pray in Jesus' name change the world.
1: Thank you for joining us
0: for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.